beautiful out. Driving around. It's like uh, 77 degrees and sunny. Driving around Massachusetts. I'm driving to Rockport, Massachusetts. The artist's colony. The former and still kind of an artist colony. On the North Shore of Massachusetts. because it's like a super long stretch of highway. You know, I could probably do a 20 minute cast just on this alone. But this is just gonna be part of it. Because actually this episode today, I think I'm gonna talk about uh, Pierre Bonnard. I wanna do a little segment on Pierre. We'll do that back back in the studio. Um, been big into him again lately though he's one of my all time favorite painters and uh, you know I have certain people that I return to a lot and he's certainly one of them uh, as a point of inspiration and kind of a guide you know you have certain painters and artists and it's not even always painters for me I have certain filmmakers or, or writer musicians Bob Dylan you know certain people that are like these guideposts for me that I may have periods where I don't think about them for a really long time but I always return to their work because their work is um, I just feel like this kind of weird deep deeper connection to it instinctual kind of thing Bonard He's so interesting to me because the work can be so inviting and uh, friendly sometimes and, and so centrally appealing. It's brightly colored and there's a lot of pattern and decoration and his main focus a lot was, you know, I think he's fairly famous for his nude the bathtub paintings of his wife in the bathtub in the uh, bathroom um, very intimate scenes um, but because of that there's this weird like uh, dissonance between like the incredibly bright intensity of his colors and then you see like the paintings always look fought over like they were such a struggle for him and I believe they were um, I know he would spend years on them and you could see that's how he would work them up and uh, it just gets me thinking like I think I like that tension a lot and uh, I feel like in my own work I, I have some of that tension as well 
someone else would have to do a better job of pointing out, you know, where and why. But I guess it's like, it's an internal struggle, it's an internal tension. Whereas with Monet, certainly uh, there's a fight there, but he's fighting nature. He's fighting the elements. And um, that's a worthy battle, but it's, I guess it's just not one that I relate to as much. For better or worse, I like artists who um, uh, more of the uh, human struggle, I guess, I, I think I said last week, the psychological. Um, is more, there's more to chew on for me, I guess I relate to it as a, as a moody son of a bitch himself. <laughs> Who wants to make beautiful work, who's primarily driven by beauty. That's why Bonard is so interesting, because the work is so beautiful. Even when there's something off, and there, there's usually something kind of off, you know, he'll have, I have a book, um, a catalog of his, of the show I saw at the, the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. I believe it was uh, 2018. Hey, it's Sam, and I'm back in the studio. I realized after I said it, and uh, it would just drive me nuts if I didn't interject here and correct myself. Because you know, when you're editing yourself, you're raw, free-flowing stream of conscious thoughts. It's it's very hard not to do this all the time, but here I, I have to do it because it's just a silly mistake. The show was at the Legion of Honor in San Francisco, not the Palace of Fine Arts. And it was in 2016, not 2018. The name of the show and the book was Painting Arcadia, which is why this episode is called Driving Arcadia. And because I'm driving. And because it's really nice, though. Alright. Back to the car. Maybe I do need an editor. Nah, I don't. I ended up getting the book. This show really changed, changed my whole practice. And so in this book, you know, you look and you'll see like five in a row perfect figure paintings, you know, perfect in their own way. These figures are always um, stylized. But then you'll just see like three that are just insane looking and the bodies and the faces look insane and you're like what what happened here what the fuck happened but still a really interesting painting or there's a part of it that's really interesting he's just the work um i never can get like get tired of it like so I, what i was starting to say is it's very inviting and it, a lot of times it can work on this first glance kind of idea, um, or a decorative idea. Bonard came out of a movement that embraced decoration. Uh, the Nabi, they embraced decorative arts and creating functional art as well. Besides paintings, they would, uh, 
you know, anything you could make art for, fans, cabinets, um, chairs, any, uh, posters, of course, was a huge part of it, posters, and, and Bonard got his start doing posters. Oh, I can't wait till oh, summer. I, I can't wait till summer again. I was off the road. We missed you all so much that we're back all over the country now. Yeah. Hmm? yeah. I'm we love to see everybody. Now you, up, way up top here, we're coming over. Just we want to come over. Just do them nice. And then we come way down here, and we have another one. We're going to break the edge here, too. Just don't mess it up. You know, this is turning out really cool. Don't it? mess it Look up. Over here, we have some muted shades. I guess these are for the, for the leaves, right? Uh-huh. Catherine laid this palette out. And <laughs> I come in Grays and, and blue grays yeah. and mobs and blues cool. mixed together and some green, gray. You know, Let's take some of this rose color and we'll have, we have our photograph to look at. I'll look at that photo and I'll say, yeah, that looks cool. Let's get that on here. Whoa, look at that beautiful pink, pink color. Now this has a lot of neat little edges coming out. And remember, it has that, I'm, gonna, I'm just reaching for a little more of that pink down there. I want it to match the flowers on the outside border. Mm -hmm. I want it to coordinate. Certainly. We have to, you know, think of our decor Certainly. when we're painting of things Of course, you know stuff. how I... Everybody has to mm -hmm. do everything to match. Sure, you know how I think of the decor. I wake up in the morning and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do a painting today. Well, and, it, and it has to match the couch. So, you have this really inviting, brightly colored, beautiful colors, unnatural colors, that's for sure, um, kind of juxtaposed with, like, it's never, it's never easy, um, so that's what gives the painting weight, is that they don't look easily won, they don't look tossed off at all. Um, and, uh, he, he has such a, a varied body of work. I think that's what draws me to someone like him is it's not just landscapes. It's not just portraits. It's not just domestic scene. Like he did it. He did everything. And so that's appealing to me. Um, but it's very interesting because I, I was thinking about Monet again and thinking about his life he died in 1926 I believe so and he was making some of the best work of his life up until the very end but like as so as he's an older man um, these other movements are forming in France like the Nubby and the Fauves and um, this whole decorative thing and, and Matisse and all of that is coming up and then you have cubism starting and this is all in Monet's life and he stayed the same the whole entire time and he stayed doing the whole the same thing the whole entire time pretty much um, but just like drilling that home and then the final works of his the lily pads the lily pads evolved even more, even more abstractly at the very end, where it's like you look at 
the final ones, they're like straight up Ab X paintings almost. And uh, so it's remarkable what I, I, I love artists who do that, who do stick to the one thing over and over and over. And, but I also think it's, I guess I'm more, because I'm kind of ADD myself, I'm always all over the place within the week that that's those are the artists that I connect to on a personal level so Bernard he's like that in terms of subject matter but um, stylistically he actually pretty much did stay the same the whole time once he once he hit the kind of uh, unnatural super bright color um, and then kind of like, I'm always, I love his brushwork. I love how much he layers on the paint and you could see like, I think one of his tricks is the brighter, more high intensity color kind of being laid down first and then the darker color over it, but like leaving a glow of the high intensity yellow or hot pink around the tree, the green tree you laid down, you know, it's this leave, you know, you let, um, but it, it seems like things were like sanded on. It almost doesn't even seem like brush strokes sometimes. Uh, oh yeah. People are out walking. Summer's here, no doubt about it. Summer is here, it was 80 something the other day. It's gonna be 88, I believe, tomorrow, where I'm at. I hope it is for you too, if you like that kind of stuff. If you don't like that kind of stuff, it'll pass. I am not a winter guy. And like I said last week, I really come alive in the warm weather, in the sun. I'm much more productive in the summertime because of that. The combination of the light, being light longer, being able to, you know, I could, I like working at night anyways, but when it's light out until 8.30, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like anything. In the winter, 8.30 sometimes feels like midnight. So you're like, it's just not inspiring. It's not motivating. It's, it does not give me life in any way whatsoever. But I got a lot of life starting in May-ish, April, May-ish. And so it's perfect timing for the pod. That's for sure. Perfect timing to make a game plan for where, what I'm going to be doing with my work. If you don't have your mate next to you, 
saying don't mess up. You have that little voice inside of you that keeps saying, you better not. Well, you have, you have a bad memory sometimes. That's true. I don't even remember. The voice talks to me, and I don't remember what it said. Sam again, uh, back at the studio. I'm not actually going to do a full report on uh, Bernard. I'm not going to give you the history lesson or a complete overview and analysis of his life and work. Uh, you can find that on Wikipedia. That's not really what this show is. I recommend the catalog, Painting Arcadia. I really recommend trying to see his work in person whenever possible. I recommend investigating his work online as much as you can if you can't see it in person. His work remains potent to me because it speaks to the most human impulses. To love, to look, to appreciate nature, food, family. It is full of sadness, it is funny, it often reaches the sublime, it addresses the unnameable moments, usually reserved for quiet introspection and it makes them feel celebratory. As a painter, I respond most to his sense of color and composition, the two things he deemed most important in creating a painting. 
Bonard used painting to create his own Arcadia, his own paradise. He wandered around looking for it, implanting the feeling of the places and the people he had been around into his paintings, but ultimately he found that within the act of painting itself. I remember at that show at the Legion of Honor running into a painter friend of mine. We were in a room containing large, wall-sized decorative panels with garish borders, reminiscent of tapestries. These were scenes of Arcadian pleasures, filled with wooded and oceanic views, with nymphs, fawns, mermaids, animals, symbols. This was Bonard out of the domestic realm and into the realm of fantasy. My friend looked at me and she said, This is some seriously weird stuff. I bet it's right up your alley. Yeah, I could see that. And she was right. Anyways, uh, let's go back to the car. Here I talk about when I first got into him and how I decided to completely change the style of painting I was doing. All the way back in 2013. just moved to San Francisco to go to grad school. I was an abstract painter, actually. Uh, but I wanted to get out of that. I wanted to paint representational. I knew I wanted to develop my style. That was always the thing for me because I was looking at people like the aforementioned artists and I, I realized that it's you need to have you can paint anything the subject matter is secondary to the style that's what I came to think at the time rather I should say that that was my initial goal because it was so far removed from what I was doing. I had been probably painting abstractly and, and trying to do it professionally even, trying to get shows. I had a small show in Provincetown, Massachusetts um, with of these abstract paintings. And, you know, I was trying, sold a few here and there and so, but it was right following gra uh, undergrad. It was the style and the work I had developed in my final year of undergrad college. And uh, after about, I guess, not even five years, probably really only three or four years doing that, I, I felt it hitting a wall. I felt it, well, I didn't feel satisfied. I didn't feel like I was communicating enough. I was making other work. I had another body of work that was collage-based. And all of the collages were... Um, had people in them and, and somewhat of a story. I thought I was interested in telling stories and narrative. Um, that's, you know, I started thinking maybe that's the kind of painting I want to do. What I liked about the collages is they were kind of both. 
because collage lets you do that, you could easily juxtapose National Geographic photograph of some nature next to uh, some random photograph of, of a person and then some other great colors and shapes and stuff and, and you have a composition. But it, it, it seemed to me like it, it was, that at least was opening up doors of communication. So I think I started thinking, well, I want to I want to try to paint people again. In undergrad, in my first few years, I had excelled at that. I had excelled at, at figure drawing and uh, pastel drawings to painting from the model. Really, I'd excelled at it. Didn't take it as seriously as I should have and um, quickly got on the track of, of um, performance art and, and dabbling in video and dabbling in this and that and just trying to be an all-around cool guy instead of developing any type of craft. And I was playing in bands as well, playing rock music and just, you know, just as you should. I, I think at that age, it's, it's good to do a lot of different things. Um, but it's just funny. It's funny that in my, the last five years now or longer, it's been so my focus because I think it's what I did best when I first it's what I've done best my whole life. I was always drawing people. I was always drawing cartoons and comics. And so, getting out of the abstract painting, I'm gonna go to grad school. I'm gonna try to really be a serious painter. But meanwhile, I was, I had never done oil, except for a few classes in undergrad. Again, I, I didn't, I had shunned all of that. I had shunned the tradition. So, uh, grad school was like truly starting from the beginning and I probably, I looked so inept um, in the beginning and I felt inept and I think that's a good place to be in. But two of the artists that I really honed in on were, um, and Pierre Bonnard, they were like guides to me as, well, this is, the, this is something here. Now, this is work that I want to make. This is the kind of work that I would like to make as I'm developing an interest in figuration, representation, color. Color was my main thing with the abstract work. It was color, shape, it was, it was mainly process-based work. It was based off a process of dipping beads, found beads, and strange things of that nature into very watery paint and a pool of watery color and letting the beads dry and they would leave a mark, many marks. and. The works were very aquatic looking, very sea life looking, flowy, light. The color was, was usually very light. 
that was a problem though and it started to get very heavy i was starting to make bigger ones and overwork things um do the process multiple times and it would build up these acrylic things and it frankly was just starting to get ugly and um out of control i, I didn't have any the initial appeal of that process was the lack of control and of course as a 20 early 20 something year old I, I thought i was very smart and so i would have a lot of writing to go with the work um about the process and about how it was about giving up control and letting go of the personal mark and letting go of the authorial voice behind painting that the point was that I was hands off that I was leaving these objects to leave their mark and then picking them up and and that's you know you couldn't do anything else after that so it's funny that now I've embraced so much Sam Spano this, this is my style you know my style this man you know that's Hey, it's just funny. It's just how things, it's how the cookie crumbles. But, uh, it, it all started, I started to feel the bullshit of it. It's like, I, I don't want to write. Like, I don't, I don't want the work to only say something if you know about it. Because otherwise it did just kind of look like whatever abstract kind of, it wasn't beautiful anymore. A few of them were, but, um, you know, it's like, I want the work, everything to come from within that piece. What I'm trying to say, it speaks for itself. You know, it's like, and, um, so I look to Matisse and Bernard and to start with, I literally just did copies of many of their works in the most basic, superficial way you can. You know, I really wasn't even investigating anything about paint handling at that point. Uh, that I, firstly, because I hadn't seen them in person, only had seen a few uh, Matisse's in person, and because I wasn't yet obsessed with him I, I hadn't paid attention so I was going more actually kind of off of the drawing aspect and like the subject matter um, and compositionally looking at these works and how they made made the composition of the painting and um, I would just copy the figures and, and from there it kind of reintroduced myself to my own drawing style the way I used to draw people myself and I feel like I've been arriving back at that and uh, I have been more myself but that you know that first year of grad school it's really funny to look at the evolution of the work um, how many different things I, I tried and how many different people I was just flat out ripping off. And I still rip people off now, but you gotta do it more subtly. You know, but if you're not ripping off a little something, 
you know, the difference between a ripoff and an homage is fine. It's a fine, fine line there, but I ride it. productive though. I may not use all of this and a lot of this is me just kind of formulating some first thoughts as to what I want to talk about but just rambling like this while I'm driving. So I have to admit I talk to myself in the car a lot. I definitely do especially if I'm jacked up on coffee which I am and I'm just driving around and it's beautiful out. I may, I may start ranting out loud, so might as well record it now. Now I have an outlet, so I'm going to record that, but I don't know if everything will be used. I don't know what I'll cut. Maybe I won't cut anything. Maybe I'll get home and listen back, and this all sounds crazy, And uh, but it has at least, it's been, it's been really a... Uh, feel a hell of a lot better than I did earlier today. Maybe I just need a therapist. No, I don't. 